The Denver Broncos don't do anything at the NFL trade deadline, and that poses a lot of questions in the eyes of Broncos fans. Did the Broncos make the right decision by not deciding to do anything when the 2 p.m. Mountain Time buzzer rang off? Well, we're going to dive deeper to that in this morning's brand new installment of Good Morning Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Welcome to another episode of GMB, your daily Broncos conversation here on Mile High Sports. Mile High Sports is every team, every day here. If you are a Colorado sports fan, you get Denver Broncos conversation here on GMB. You get Denver Nuggets conversation with the Pickaxe and Roll podcast with Ryan Blackburn. You get hockey conversation with the Hockey Mountain High podcast from Arif Dean, also on Twitter, at RunRightArif. And on top of that, there's a lot going on right now in the world of sports. This is one of the best times of the year because there's so much noise that goes on surrounding not only just the NFL. We had the trade deadline yesterday at 2 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time. You've got a lot of stuff with the NBA season kicking off, the NHL season being on the ice to start things off. There is a ton of stuff going on here. So thanks for joining us. Make sure you subscribe here on Mile High Sports YouTube page here. But Today's episode is kind of short and a sweet one here because the Broncos, obviously, on their bye week, they're embracing some time off here. But yesterday, everybody was on pins and needles in Broncos country. A lot of the fan base was wondering, is the team going to make a move? Are they going to become buyers at the NFL trade deadline? Are they become sellers at the NFL trade deadline? Well, Broncos country, drum roll, they didn't do either of that. So everyone's trying to figure out, okay, what does this mean for the team going forward? Did Denver make a mistake by not making any moves? I think we should dive deeper into that here on the subject matter of today's installment of Good Morning Broncos. So make sure you pour yourself a cup of coffee. You sit down, you enjoy it, and you interact with other members of Broncos country as well. I want to hear from you in the YouTube comment sections as we go forth here. But I think one thing maybe to keep an eye on here is the frustration from fan base. I, I understand like there were a lot of fans mad that Denver didn't make a move here. But I think we have to maybe kind of separate, take a step back for a minute see maybe why they didn't make a decision. And and look, I think you can make an argument for why they should have made decisions, why they maybe should have stayed put like they did. I think there's valid arguments on both sides here, but the reality of the situation is the Broncos, they didn't trade anybody at the NFL trade deadline. They had interest from various teams around the National Football League calling about guys like Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. Of course, they received phone calls on guys like Justin Simmons, Patrick Sertan, but Sean Payton, he told us from the onset about Three or four weeks ago, he told us specifically he is not interested in selling. Despite Denver's rough start and how bad it got, especially after that 70-point game to the Miami Dolphins in week three, there was a lot of rumblings. There was a lot of conversation. Okay, hey, Sean Payton's not going to stand around for this. He's just going to get rid of a lot of guys that aren't his. But here's the deal. Sean Payton took this job in Denver specifically because of the roster. The roster is a very, very important part of it. And obviously, he mentioned that, okay, hey, the dynamic between head coach quarterback, GM, ownership, like that. those things have to be good, and that's why he came to Denver. He wouldn't have signed on. He would have never come out of retirement. He would have never asked the Broncos to give up draft capital to acquire the rights to obtain him as their next head coach if he didn't believe in something or see things, okay, hey, I have a specific idea for how I'm going to build this football team, right? And look, in free agency, he's made a couple moves. Some right now I think subject still to be questioned. I think some good moves. I think the Tremont Smith move in hindsight, a lot of people are wondering, why did Denver get this guy? He's not even going to play on defense. He's their best special teams player. Look, that's impactful. Denver's got one of the top-ranked special teams units right now in the National Football League. That's a huge boost to them. Tremont Smith, a big part of that. Mike McGlinchey, man, he's had 
an up and down season, right? I think we can say that he's had moments in games where he's been good in the run blocking department. He's had some good reps in pass protection. He's had games where he's given up sacks and he's given up pressures. That's part of it, right? And obviously you want to see him find a little bit more consistency. Ben Powers has been very, very solid here for Denver so far. Samaje's played a lot of special teams. He's had some moments. He hasn't had a tremendous impact so far in the running game for Denver this year, but Denver's just got a lot of guys that are they're playing right now. And a lot of these guys primarily, look, Peyton's brought in some of his guys. They're not contributing as much, though, right? A lot of the guys that have been on this roster are playing big roles right now for this football team, and he's made changes. Like I think that's one thing that gets lost out of the whole conversation. Oh, they didn't make a move at the trade deadline. Well, here's what they did. They made personnel moves in season before the trade deadline. They traded Randy Gregory to the San Francisco 49ers. They released Frank Clark. They moved on from the Sang Bassey, and they've made personnel changes on the defensive side of the ball that now all of a sudden the Broncos defense holds the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes to no touchdowns in a single game. He plays the worst game of his career last Sunday against the Broncos, and you've seen it. And, and look, I, there's going to be some people like, well, it was just one game. Yeah, it was a game, but Denver's defense over the course, if you've been actually paying attention and watching, over the course of the last three weeks, they have been making some drastic changes. And look, I think Justin Simmons and Josie Jewell, getting those guys back from the injuries that they had, that has been huge for them in terms of their defensive success and finding more consistency and finding their footing. But, you know, you got to talk about the emergence here of Jaquan McMillan inside the nickel. He is a player, and he's playing really good football right now against the run, against the pass. You look at Fabian Moreau now getting the start at corner opposite of Patrick Sertan. The Broncos going with a veteran guy over Damari Mathis, who's you know had some highs and lows so far this season. And I want to preface this by saying, even though Damari Mathis technically got benched, the team still has a lot of belief in him. But right now, Sean Payton, look, this is the business side of the NFL. They're moving forward right now with who they feel like gives them the best chance right now to win. And look, Denver's rattled off two straight wins. They're three and five right now going into the bye week. They're coming out of the bye week playing a Buffalo Bills team that, I mean, we don't know what we're going to get when we see like what team shows up like they're very Jekyll and Hyde and they have a lot of talent. They can be very explosive. They can create a lot of problems. Denver's going to be on the road an East coast game, Monday night, primetime football. That's going to be a tough challenge. And they got to come back and play the Minnesota Vikings who are now going to be without Kirk cousins for the remainder of the season with the torn Achilles. Who are they going to have step in at quarterback? They made a move at the trade deadline, getting Josh Dobbs from the Arizona Cardinals. And they have good players like Jordan Addison on the offensive side of the ball. They have Powell at the wide receiver position. Will Justin Jefferson be back for that game? We don't know. But the Vikings have some talent. They have some players. And that's going to be a matchup that I think favors Denver in Denver. And then they're going to play the Cleveland Browns that are going through their struggles. Like that defense in Cleveland right now, they're playing really good football. They're being very aggressive. They're getting after the quarterback. They're creating takeaways. But that offense is also going through some of the highs and lows as well. They have the explosive play capability. Who knows if Deshaun Watson is going to be back for that game. They're rolling with P.J. Walker, who's giving them some momentum. Like They can put up points, but these are winnable games here for this Broncos football team. And look, all of a sudden, you go to the bye at 3-5. and five. Let's say you rattle off. Let's say you beat Buffalo, Minnesota, and also the Cleveland Browns. Okay, now you're sitting there at 6-5. and five. The vibe's a little bit different. You know, You need to get at least three more wins, three or four more wins after that juncture to maybe be in the conversation for a wild card. So we went from a month ago talking about this team being, okay, they're going to, they're already out of the playoffs after week three. They're not going to make the playoffs to now they're playing good football, complimentary football. They're playing good defense. They're playing great on special teams. The offense is finding a way to run the football, which should have been their identity going all the way back to week one, where now they're averaging over 140 yards per game on the ground in the last couple of weeks. Like that's huge. And then they're also trying to open things up and play action with the passing game. Now, while Russ isn't throwing for 250, 300 yards here, 
He threw three touchdowns against the Kansas City Chiefs. If Russ is throwing for, you know, it doesn't matter how many yards he throws. So if he's throwing three touchdowns, no interceptions, you know what? You're going to take that every single time because if the defense plays the way that they have been, that is what's going to help this team become what Sean Payton has looked for from the onset here. So no trade deadline moves for Denver. They did not have any interest in offsetting either. They weren't interested in trading away Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy, or they didn't receive good enough offers from other teams there. But guys like Patrick Sertan, Justin Simmons, those guys were never touchable. They were never going to be touched. They were never going to be moved here. They were untouchable assets here for the Broncos. So that summarizes really the NFL trade deadline. I think maybe we have to maybe put into perspective did Denver maybe miss out on not doing a couple of moves. We'll dive deeper that in today's special episode of Good Morning Broncos here. Real quick, let me tell you about our friends over there at Superbook Sports and refer a friend and earn a $50 bonus this season with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in sports wagering, and you don't want to miss their refer a friend bonus. All you need to do is click on the refer a friend link under your profile in the Superbook app, share the promo code with friends, and you will get a $50 bonus for everyone who registers using your code. So win money wagering and win money referring this season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, going back to our conversation here about the NFL trade deadline, were there areas maybe Denver could have addressed, right? Where are some of the weaknesses right now on this roster from an evaluation standpoint? Well, let's dive deep into that. I think let's first take a look at the offensive side of the ball. I look at with Javante fully healthy, Javante Williams, Jaleel McLaughlin, Samaj P. Ryan. You got the three backs that it seemed like they have now they have a system now with Sean Payton. They're building some things, not only just in the run game, but they're using those guys in the passing game a little bit more. That certainly helps. Cortland Sutton is having a career year. We're seeing a return to form from Cortland Sutton, the guy that we saw all the way back in 2019 that's going up over dudes, mossing them and holding on for catches, drawing pass interference calls to give the Broncos good field position and also catching touchdowns. Cortland Sutton has six touchdown catches on the year, and it seems like it's been a quiet one, right? Because he doesn't have obviously a ton of yards, but he's efficient. And when the Broncos are going his way, good things are happening. Jerry Judy obviously had a touchdown against the Chiefs. He is not having the statistical year that I think anybody had hoped for with him. But I also think it's a product of maybe the Broncos offense really trying to find their identity, trying to find their rhythm as to who the heck they are going forward. And I think the formula, we have found it. It's running the football because the Broncos offensive line, we got to give flowers here to Lloyd Cushenberry. Lloyd Cushenberry, in my opinion, is having an all-pro type season at the center position. You talk about a guy who's improved year over year over year. Lloyd Cushenberry is in a very, very good spot right now. And I think that Sean Payton sees that and he values that. It'll be very interesting to see if Lloyd Cushenberry gets an extension this season at some point, or if he tests free agency, maybe Denver's in the market for center. But I think I've been blown away by how Cush has been playing. I think that Quinn Miners has been playing excellent football this season. And then Mike McGlinchey, we talked about earlier, has had some ups and downs, has been good in run protection, has been some kind of inconsistent in the pass protection side of things, has surrendered several sacks this year to opposing defenses. Ben Powers has been very good for the Broncos. Now, despite how rough of a preseason he had, he has carried some good success over here in the regular season. Garrett Bulls had a pretty solid year. There's been moments where he's gotten got, but I think it's just about the tackle sides for the Broncos finding more consistency. I don't think that there was a move out there at the NFL trade deadline that would have offset any, you know, Garrett Bulls or anything. I don't think Denver would have made a move on the offensive line because to be honest with you, I don't think Denver needs to make a move on the offensive line. Those guys are healthy. They're playing well. And right now they're starting to gel a little bit more, which is a great sign here going forward for Denver and the offense under Sean Payton. Uh, you may be adding another wide receiver. I think that's probably going to be something we might see in the NFL draft, or we also may see it in free agency. Keep in mind, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, 
They're still under contract with the Broncos here coming up next season. Tim Patrick as well. And look, Marvin Mims, you got to find a way to get him the football a little bit more. Denver could still look to add another wideout at some point. So I think that's something to keep an eye on here. Really, for me, I look at the offense and said, okay, at the trade deadline, where could they have gone? I'm looking at the tight end position here. Look, you got Adam Troutman. You got Nate Atkins as a hybrid fullback tight end option there. And you got Chris Manhurts. You don't have a real legitimate threat right now in the passing attack at that position to the point where defensive coordinators are just sitting there like, all right, hey, we know that number 82, we know the number 84, we know the number 45. Like they're not really part of the offensive game plan in terms of being pass catchers here for this offense. So you see them more than likely extra protection or chip guys in the run game. And if the run game wasn't working, I'd be concerned, right? But the run game has gotten some sprinkles going into it. I think it's something they can build on. But the lack of having a passing threat at tight end is obviously a big concern. We know Greg Dulcich is back on injured reserve. There's a chance he could miss the rest of the season. We don't know. But obviously right now they're hoping he can go through another four-week, five-week recovery, find a way to come back at some point this season. But the hamstring is a huge, huge question mark, and it's an issue going forward that I think that they'll look at here in the offseason. So keep an eye on that. Um, some other things, man, let's transition to the defensive side of the ball. For me, I think they already made their moves, right? They traded away Randy Gregory. They cut Frank Clark. You get Baron Browning back. You add Ronnie Perkins off the New England Patriots. And now you have a, a very, very young and promising pass rusher rotation at edge rusher. And then you have Jaquan McMillan stepping up and emerging into a very, very impressive young nickel cornerback here for Denver. Gosh, he's been a, probably a huge surprise, but I'm also not surprised by how he's played. I just think that the magnitude that he's stepping into the role that he has, considering K1 Williams' injury that is now going to hold him out of the, the entire season, unfortunately, for Denver, and he's going to be a free agent after this year. Finding a guy like Jaquan McMillan right now is a huge relief because I think it maybe alleviates the, the need for Denver to go out there and be desperate in free agency. you got a guy who's shown he can play. And he's a young guy. He's a former undrafted rookie free agent. He's not going to cost you a lot. You have very good team control potentially on bringing him back. But obviously, if he's playing well, you want to reward him in some way. I'm not saying you're going to go out there and give Jaquan a massive contract, but Jaquan McMillan has deserved the right, I think, going into next season to be the Broncos starting nickel cornerback in 2024. I know I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but he's been good. Patrick Sertan's going to be in line for a contract extension. I think Denver could add another cornerback. I think Fabian Moreau's been a good addition for them so far this offseason. And then, you know, obviously you want to see where Damari Mathis, his development continues. You drafted Riley Moss, who's just playing special teams right now. Denver could add another cornerback. They could maybe look to add another veteran or Fabian Moreau's playing really good. Fabian Moreau could be back next year. Um, you know, for me at safety, I like what I've seen from PJ Locke. He got his first career start against Kansas City. Justin Simmons, obviously we know the impact that he has. He's intercepted Patrick Mahomes more than anybody else in the NFL ever has. That's a great sign there. Obviously, he's the heart and soul of that defense. You look at the linebacker spots. Denver's got Josie Jewell, who was subject to some trade rumors, potentially considering he's on the last year of his contract in Denver. You got Alex Singleton. You got a young guy waiting in the wings there. Obviously, in Drew Sanders and Ben Neiman, who's a former Kansas City Chief, they activated him to the active roster this week because some team wanted to poach him off the practice squad. But with Brandon Johnson going on injured reserve, Denver didn't have to make a corresponding move. They just promoted him, and bam, there you go. There you have it. Denver's got a, quite a bit of inside linebackers on their active roster. Guys are going to play a lot of special teams for him. So for me, if Denver's going to make a move at the trade deadline on defense, Maybe defensive line, maybe defensive end, right? You see Chase Young going to the 49ers, which for them is a tremendous get, but they get him for a third-round pick. Is that a move that maybe Denver would have you know, been prone to making? I mean, ideally, I think it would have been a good personnel move for them. I think he would have added a good wrinkle in there opposite of Zach Allen, adding him to the mix with DJ Jones and Mike Purcell. But 
for me, also look at it as he's going to be in line for a contract extension after this year. That's a risk giving up, you know, premier capital. Third round picks are premium in today's NFL. Giving up a premium pick for him and not knowing if he's going to come back or not, I think is a little bit of a risk that you maybe not want to take, especially when you can hit the free agency market. So maybe that was a move Denver could have made was a defensive line because DJ Jones' contract will be up after this year. Mike Purcell's contract will be up after this year. Denver's going to have to look at some you know, options down the road here. Like, are they going to bring certain guys back? Are they going to add new guys to the mix? They added Zach Allen on a three-year deal in the offseason. So those are things I'm looking at here. I just couldn't see the Broncos making any move on the defensive side of the ball. I didn't see them buying anybody. I didn't also see them selling anybody here at the deadline. And, of course, Broncos country, we want to know how you feel about that. Let us know here on the Mile High Sports YouTube comment section on this video. Make sure you subscribe for more of the Broncos country. A little bit of an announcement. Thank you for rocking with us on today's installment of GMB. There will be no episode of GMB on Thursday or Friday. It's the bye week. I'm going to take a couple of days off to reset, and you can expect us back on Monday for a brand new installment of Good Morning Broncos. We appreciate you so much. We'll see you then.